Folks, this week on the Pre-Rail Podcast, we were joined by Camilla Linkowski. Uh, Camilla came over from Puerto Rico and in 2015 moved out to Las Vegas and essentially started her career in real estate with nothing. Um, fast forward eight years later, she is the top performing agent out of 20,000 in her district, and she's done it on personal service, grit, creativity, connection, and authenticity. Uh, this is it really reminded me of the way things were done years ago in the real estate game. Uh, tremendous insights, really, really great ideas. She's having all the success in the world. She's uh, she's representing all sorts of stars and athletes. She's gone right to the top. Camilla Linkowski, it's a good, good episode. Great fundamentals. Check it out. Are you ready to bring your real estate game to the next level? My name is James Prendamano. I'm the CEO and founder of Pre-Real. Past 25 years, I've closed over a billion dollars in transactional real estate. Each week, I'm meeting with outstanding investors, high-performing individuals, and visionaries operating in the real estate space. These are the people that are actually out there in the real estate game right now getting it done. This podcast aims at bringing anyone's game to the next level. This is the Pre-Real Podcast. Welcome to the Pre-Real Podcast, folks. We're joined today by Camilla Linkowski. She is a, a an agent, doesn't properly phrase this. She is the agent at Players at Platinum. Um, a remarkable story, incredible following, a heck of a book of business. Camilla, thank you so much for taking the time and joining us today. Thank you for having me. That's our pleasure. So people don't wake up and, you know, become an agent to athletes and, and the stars. Uh, I'm sure you've had a heck of a journey. And it's it's important, I think, when we do these shows and we have top performers on like yourself, that we give a little context for the audience. Um, it can be intimidating and people feel like they're talking to an avatar. So um, can you talk a little bit about the beginnings for you, where you're from originally and, and a bit of your journey to get here? Sure. Uh, so I was born in Puerto Rico. I was raised in Miami. Uh, I moved to Vegas because of my then now husband, uh, well, my boyfriend then, my husband now. And uh, I started here in Vegas with nothing. Like, I didn't know anybody. I didn't know my left or my right. And uh, my husband's one of the top lenders here in Vegas and at the time was as well. And uh, I, we one day we were sitting and we we're eating. I'm like, hey, what do you think about me? you know, getting into real estate. My background, I did uh, reality TV and I got my master's in communication. And like they say, you know, communication degrees, like useless, but I did learn a lot. Uh, so he's like, yeah, let's see, let's see how you do. So I, I mean, I did the course, I passed the test. I mean, the bar set pretty low. I'm sure everybody knows that, you know, to pass. And I don't know. I just told everyone I met that I was a real estate agent. And I remember us going one day to a Super Bowl party and I didn't know anyone. And I remember this woman said, um, so what do you do? And I'm like, I'm a real estate agent. And she's like, oh, well, my husband wants to sell his bachelor pad. Can you help us? And I was like, yes. And that blossomed into a great friendship. Um, and she referred me a bunch of people and she bought a couple houses herself for me and sold a couple houses. So it, it brought like, that is what I would say is you got to tell everyone who 
is listening that you're a real estate agent, even if there's a million real estate agents in the room, because there was when I was there at that party. What could you offer to aspiring agents or agents that are moving up through the ranks? Uh, some tips, tricks, things that you've done that have landed. So, you know, uh, when I first started with my first athlete, and this was during COVID, um, we developed a friendship, you know, and because everybody had to be isolated. So we developed a friendship and I remember him calling me and saying, and I was pregnant too during COVID and he goes, hey, this was like August, it was like 110 degrees out. I was like seven months pregnant. He's like, listen, there's one of the guys brought their real estate agent. He's like, you need to come here tomorrow and you need to meet all the guys because you're a great agent. So I went with my big pregnant self and I just like, introduce myself to everyone. I also like followed a bunch of them on Instagram and I, it was good to put like a, a name to the face because you write them DMs, you know, and they get so many that when they write back, it's great, you know, but you, you can have like a conversation and then it may go somewhere or it may not. So it was nice for them to, uh, to be put in front of them, but also like in my neighborhood for those who don't have an athlete client or what have you, I do like Popeyes. I, this, I have 78 homes in my neighborhood. And I started this by like, I make really good salsa. And everyone always asks like, you should sell your salsa. So I just do like, I started with like December, like two or three years ago. I did like little mason jars. The whole thing probably cost with the 78 homes, maybe like 350 bucks. And I just put like, uh, spice up your holidays, love candy, your neighborhood realtor. And I put my card and all that. I got over like 10 leads from that, which was great. You know, so, and then I just constantly like stay in front of them. Now I do Popeyes. Like I just did one on October 1st. I did, uh, you know, bottle openers and they were little magnetic bats. And I put some candy and it was like a little decorative Halloween box. And I put my card that again, cost me like $350. You know, so it's stuff like that. I think personalized stuff and you like take the effort to go to their home, to drop it off and have a conversation with them. That stuff's priceless. P putting this book of business together, that first athlete that you connected with on Instagram, was there any connection prior to that? Had you been messaging athletes and stars in general, or was this a random thing? How did this come about? So it started with, uh, you know, the Las Vegas Raiders, they were coming to Vegas. And obviously that wasn't a market that was tapped into because we don't, we didn't have, we have the Golden Knights, but I hadn't had my license yet when the Golden Knights came. So I thought, okay, this is like, this is an even playing field essentially. So I was going to, I'm going to get on it. You know, I'm verified on Instagram. Now everyone can be verified if you want, but at the time there wasn't. So that was my edge. That was my advantage. So I would DM them. I would then see if they had any wives. I would DM the wives. You know, I would just, I mean, what are they going to say to you? No? Okay. You know, like, and I would say 99.9% .9 of the time, you know, I got a response because they look at your profile. They see whether it's the wife or whoever. They see I'm married. They see I have kids. They see I have a family, you know? And then, so they'll respond to me and be like, hey, yeah, but I'm just looking to rent, you know, I'm, that's fine. Hey, I'll help you. No problem. Guess what? They get that bigger contract, they're going to buy. And that's what happens when they do get the bigger contract. They come back to you, the person that made the effort when they just needed a rental and, you know, would 
message them after a game or when I would go, when I go, I go to most of the home games and I see them, I, you know, I say hello and say hi to their family and I drop gifts off for the holidays. I mean, not like huge gifts, but you know, like little Popeyes, that kind of stuff. Even when it's a rental and they close on it, I still bring them like a nice bottle of champagne with glasses and I usually get it like personalized the, the label. So, you know, stuff like that. And it's those little things that people remember and they appreciate. Is Was this early in your career? Had you been selling for years prior to, or did you jump in and say, I'm going for the top here. Let's, let's hit it and go. Basically. Yeah. So I've had my license for like five years. I've, I got it 2018, but that was at the end and I didn't really, yeah, like the end of 2018. So I started, I got married and then that's when I was like, okay, let's, let's get into this. And then the Raiders were coming. So that it, it was, it just was like a perfect storm, really. Like, I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. And I'm not going to lie. I faked it till I made it. Like, don't get me wrong. People were like, how long have you been in the business? couple years, you know, yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I had my broker, if I had any questions, you know, I didn't make any rookie mistakes, but at the same time, I, I, I seemed really confident. I came off like I knew what I was doing, you know, that kind of thing. So that definitely helped because when you come into this business timid and your client can see that they, they don't want that. They want someone that's going to guide them through this process because they don't know how to buy what to do when they buy a home, you know? you're building this book of business. Um, what type of tools are you using for data management? For example, like you said, certain neighbors like mild salts, other, other neighbors don't. Um, you, I'm sure you're, you're logging this information somewhere, right? Unless your, your mind is a supercomputer. I don't log it. Wow. You're doing all of this on the fly. I don't have a CRM. I mean, listen, I know people use CRM and I wish I was one of them. I just don't like if I have I need a reminder, I'll put it in my calendar, like a reminder to follow up with somebody on something like that. I know it was like a we have time constraint on, but I don't I, I do everything like it's all up here. I know it's crazy to say and it's probably yeah, no, I don't have a CRM. I don't have anything that I log anything in. Probably should. <laughs> wow. So you've built a, a hell of a following and a heck of a brand. Uh, any tips, trip, tricks, thoughts, ideas to share with agents on content information, how to get going and, and maintain it? Just be consistent. You know, uh, one thing I learned and I try to tell this to agents and I know people are like, I'm broke. Like I can't pay $350 for mailers or whatever. So and I get it. So what I did too was, you know, guess what? They're talking about interest rates right now everywhere, you know, and your local news on Facebook, um, Instagram, everywhere. Guess what you do? I've, this is, and I've done this too. And this is how I started getting leads. You look at the comments and you're going to see people saying, I can't afford it. I can barely afford my rent. I can't do this. So I always respond and say, Hey, check your messages. You'd be surprised what you can't afford. There's a lot of down payment assistance programs. So I message them. My, like I said, my husband, he's a lender. I say, hey, I'm going to connect you with somebody. You know, I think that you, you're underestimating as to what you can afford. You know, so connect them. And then that's a lead right there, you know. And that is something that's free and easy. And you're always on your phone anyways, you know. So why not just check the comments? Another one is you go on Twitter, now X. Uh, and you just put moving to Vegas in the search bar. 
And when you do that, you'll see what's come up when people are saying, I'm moving to Vegas. I'm doing, send them a DM. Hey, I see you're moving to Vegas. Is there any way I can help you? You know, that kind of stuff. And that's free leads right there. So are you at this point dealing with just an exclusive clientele? I deal with everyone. You deal with like, everyone. Yeah, everyone. I mean, whoever needs, I mean, everybody needs a house, whether it's a rental or you're going to buy or they, they don't know what they want to do. You know, I, I don't discriminate. So what does the market look like out by you now? It's a little, it's slower, like everywhere else, you know, uh, when a nice home comes on the market, like a unicorn that's like turnkey and ready to go, it goes quicker than others. You know, it's just harder because a lot of people are priced out with, you know, where interest rates, where they're at. So cash is obviously king at the moment, but there are also, I have a lot of people coming from California where they're like, I don't care about these 8% or 7% interest rates, like, I just need to get the hell out of here. So can you do a FaceTime tour, you know, and that's, I just do FaceTime tours and they're like, okay, that's fine. That's what the offer and I'm coming this weekend. So there is a, a little bit of both. Yeah. There's a massive shift in my entire investment thesis where we, we bought a lot of property and projects out in New Mexico is built on this unbelievable decentralization that we're seeing from the major cities and the digital assets. We sell property all the time now through the Matterport tours and we have really good assets digitally. And it's literally like being in the home now. The technology is so ridiculous that, you know, we have to tell clients like, put your mail away when we come in and do the shoots because you could read the mail on these tours. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, and folks, like you said, are just feeling like I, I need to go. Um, I'm coming out of a market where prices have risen to such a, a level that it doesn't matter because it's such a step down in price from where we're, we're coming from. And it typically is a commensurate step up in size and quality. Oh, yeah. Getting, right. So mm -hmm. I think that trend is probably here to stay for the foreseeable future. Um, is there a certain price point that you have found has slowed down more or less, or has it been kind of across the board? You're seeing this, this change, or is it dependent upon up to a million under 500 over 2 million? I mean, I had a deal die that was, you know, 3.6 million. And if the rates were at where they were last year, he would have saved over $4,000 on his mortgage. So the deal died, you know? So obviously the higher the price point, the harder the blow, you know? So it, it's, it's hit or miss really, you know, it's those people that are like, I don't care. I'll refi. I don't care. I'll refi in a couple of months. But then there's a, like these first time home buyers that they're like, I don't have, like, I thought I was going to pay this much, you know, and I don't have this much. So now I have to, you know, go to a home that's, let's say $400,000, right? But then they're getting beat out by cash buyers, you know, because cash is king right now, obviously. So it's it's hit or miss, really. I have, I've been really fortunate in this market to where like my buyers that I've had, have, most of them have like been like, I don't care, I just want to close or I need to be here. 
the market kicks off again, right? And it starts a new cycle. So what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that there's value out there in the market today? I do. I mean, I think that if you're like, this is what people like don't understand is that they're like, well, I'm going to buy this house. I don't, I don't work with investors, but they're like, I'm going to buy this house. They're like, well, what if next year the value goes down? I go, how long do you plan on staying in this house? Oh, like 20 years probably. I said, so what does it matter if it does go down? It's going to go back up. You know, like, I can't tell you where your value is going to be in 20 years, but I can tell you if you're going to stay here, you know, from now, you know, until 20 years, it's going to go up, down, up, down, up, down, you know, but you will make a profit at the end. At the end of the day, you have a home that is yours. If that's what you want, right? You know, like, what are you now? Like some sort of investor I didn't know about, you know? So I get where we're coming from, where they're kind of like, well, what about the value? But if you're going to stay there, what, I mean, does it really matter? If you're going to leave in 20 years, right? What's, what's the value going to be next year or next month? With a drop in interest rates, we feel that the the housing market is is headed for some great times. We've got another rough year or so to get through, but this is where you stack the value. And, and like you said, when the tide turns, you refinance and you're in great position. Yeah. And, you know, it, what goes up must come down and, you know, what goes down must go up. People have to see it that way, you know, even though we're, yeah, we're down here. I get it, you know, but it's going to, it'll get better. Do I think we're going to be back at that 2% interest rate? I don't think so. You know, I think that'll be tight. Like if it happens, it'll be a long ways away, you know? Yeah, agreed. But, but I mean, even if, if you think about it, 7% really that bad? If you think it's about it. Historically, it's not. The first house I bought was 13%. Yeah, you know what I mean? And I get it. People are like, well, when it was 2%, I, I understand that. And I get, I see where people are coming from, but we can't live in that past either. Because then what if it, like, God forbid we get to 10% and they're like, man, I should have gotten that 7%, you know, like could have, should have, would have, you know? Some people say yep. like, what do you think is going to happen? I'm like, I don't have a crystal ball. I wish I could tell you. If not, I'd be like, you know, in the Maldives. I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> well, like you said, no one's got a crystal ball, but we do have uh, markets and cycles and history and factors that we can look at. Uh, and value is value, period. If the value is there and you have the resources, we're all in and we're encouraging uh, our clients to do the same thing. Um, when the market was hopping there, were did you have that bidding war period for like a year and a half where everything was a bidding war yeah it, i mean i had this my one client even tried to give season tickets to the raiders wow and and he still got beat out wow yeah it was intense the bidding wars that were going on what are some of the things you do in, in that market? I mean, is there anything you can do when things are that way to try and distinguish your bids? I mean, I had one client offer pizza every week, <laughs> every Friday for six months. Yeah. So they owned a pizza shop, you know, and, and they got it. So that's great. You know, but at the same time, I like to tell my clients, like, do you love this house? You like you and I know your house, a house is only worth what someone will buy it for. Okay. So I'm like, I don't, I, I never pushed my clients to put a bunch of money that, you know, over because I didn't want it to where like, God forbid, they're like, well, this house isn't 
get whole. And you made me go 50,000. I, nope, I never encouraged it. I always say, that's what you guys want to do. Go for it. But I advise you not to do it, you know, because I don't want them to come back at me and be upset with me. You know, I want it to be their decision. I don't want to persuade you. If you love the home and you want to do that, then great. I will be more than happy to put in the offer. But I try to stay away from that whole bidding war thing. And a lot of, you know, a lot of clients, like they're higher and they're businessmen, a lot of them. And so they're like, you know, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to go back and forth with them. This is my offer. And that's it. They take it or leave it. So do do you prefer uh, being a buyer rep or a seller rep? Buyer. Why? 100% buyer. Just nice. I like, you know, uh, somebody once told me, and it really stuck with me, was uh, deals are made in the car. So a lot of my clients, like I said, are out of town or their athletes just coming in. So I pick them up from the hotel, you know, and we are, you know, we're, I'm getting to know this person, you know, and they're getting to know me and I'm talking to them about their life and they're talking to me about their life. So it's just, you, you get to like a personal level to where like, I trust you, you trust me. Like, so they'll be like, Cammy, I, what do you think? What should we do? Instead of, I want to do this and there's no, you know, communication. So I really like being a buyer's agent because, you know, we get to go see houses together, you know, neighborhoods. And I, and then every time I get out and we go in the car, I'm like, okay, so what do you think? Rate the house one to five. What do you think? And they'll tell me their, you know, the pros, the cons, and then we discuss it on the way to the next house. You know, so I really like being a buyer's agent. I like being a listing agent too, but buyer's agent is really what I mainly am as a buyer's agent. And do you contract with your buyers? Do you have them? So it's completely dependent on you being available and delivering outstanding service. I'm not going to make someone work with me that don't want to work with me. I'm not going to be like, well, I'm going to bind you to this paper. No, if you don't want to work with me, I probably don't want to work with you. And I fired one buyer. Yes, one buyer I fired because the lady was calling me while I was giving birth. Oh. And I was, t- I was like, I'm in labor because I pick up my phone all the time. Oh, oh, that's so great. Congratulations. So um, listen about that. And I'm like, kidding me? I was like, no. And th- I mean, yeah, uh, that one was gone. But other no. than that, like, I've never had any issues nothing seems real anymore between artificial intelligence and CGI and all of the things that are going on. There's people miss that human connection. They want to be able to sit and talk to somebody knowledgeable. Yeah. And, you know, and I think as well, like some of these newer agents that come into real estate are, they want like this instant gratification and that's not going to happen. You know, like people want, like, I showed you a house. What do you mean? You don't want to buy this house. Like, what do you mean? And they're literally looking up their, you know, their commission the moment they, they see the houses and stuff like that. And, and that's where you lose your authenticity. That's where you lose yourself. You know, I've, I have, I had a friend and we got into like a little friendly debate because she's like, I, I want to get my real estate license. I just want to make an extra like 10 grand a year. And she works in medical sales. And I said, so what are you going to do when you have a buyer that says, hey, I need to see this house right now. And you're in the middle of a surgery. What are you going to do? And she's like. Well, you know, I'll tell them to wait. I go, they don't want to wait. They're not going to wait for you. Because if they see that this is not your main job and that you are doing something else and you don't have time for them, well, guess what? They're not going to make time for you. It's that simple. I mean, it's, people don't get it. They think that, oh, because I showed this person a house. They're my client now. 
and they should have put bought that house and they owe me money. And it's like, no, you have to put the time and effort into it. You have to earn your business, earn it from them. No doubt. You have to be authentic. You have to be available. Um, and there's got to be that connection. There has to be that common element, that thread that you share with this person and you build trust. And the best way to sell is to not sell at all. Yeah. Yeah. So what's next for you? Mm -hmm. We filmed something that's coming out soon, but can't really say what it is, but it'll be a big thing for Vegas. Uh, it's about real estate and myself and other real estate professionals. And uh, I that's all I can say, but it'll be on a big network. So in the middle of like negotiation. So hopefully that'll Good be stuff. done by year end. Yeah. Well, best of luck with your Raiders this year. I know they're off to a tough start. It's okay. But... They got this. They got this. Okay. Yeah. That's uh they're a gritty team. So I think that the, there's obviously plenty of runway left and hopefully they turn it around. Camila, where's the best place for folks to find you? Instagram, uh, C-A-M-I underscore L-I, so Cami underscore Lee. And I respond to all my DMs. I see all my DMs, you know, I'm always here to help. If anybody wants any help, I always, you know, I listen, I can give anyone the knowledge is whether or not they want to do it. You know, people are like, why do you tell people your secrets? I'm like, because I can tell you right now that most of them aren't going to do it. Yeah. They'll it's say amazing. they are, but they're not. Yeah. With, with all the information that's available to agents today, all of the tools in the toolbox. Um, wow. I mean, this, this game has changed so dramatically from 30 years ago when we were getting a book every two weeks and you had to really hustle and show personal service. And we were working off prospecting cards to artificial intelligence and the stuff that's out there today. There really is uh, every tool you could ever need and free information, right? Folks like yourself are sharing the way to do it. What you laid out today is so authentic and so true and so easily repeatable if you have the mindset, the commitment, the drive, which of course is the X factor. But the secret sauce is just you you offer legit, authentic personal service and you're available. I mean, yeah. that's what it comes down to. Pick so your phone, please. That's it. Uh, uh, all the information as always, folks, will be below. Uh, Camila Lankowski, appreciate your time. Thank you very much and best best of luck with your project. Thank you and thank you for having me. My pleasure. As always, everyone, please stay safe.